Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead pastor of Teaching and Vision at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland. And I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and uh, we're going to have a conversation with someone today because we believe that everyone has a story. But before we get into that conversation, we like to have a little conversation before then called the Preamble Ramble or the Pre-Ramble, which is basically just a time where we talk about whatever we want for however long we want, but it's usually only about 10 to 15 minutes. So um, let's talk about something. We have been, over the past couple of podcasts, giving our predictions uh, about the NFL as we're leading up to the Super Bowl. And one thing that the people really can count on, I think, Jeff, in this whole debacle is that uh, whatever we say, just do the opposite and you'll probably be pretty good. Didn't I? I think I recall telling people that at the very get-go. Mm-hmm. No. That, so that whatever it is that I would like to have happen in sports, prophecy. that other thing will happen. Yes. Yeah. And we gave some takes last week yeah. that uh, you were, I was completely wrong. I, I think I was completely right, but also wrong. What I wanted to have happen yeah. was the opposite of what happened. But yeah. I also acknowledged that ahead of time, mm-hmm. that because I want this to happen, it's not going to have, the other will happen. And so, yeah, and I, and I said that the yeah. Ravens would win. Yeah. which they did not. So uh, Wesley, producer Wesley, yeah. he brought up a good question mm. before we began. He did, He's, he did. He asked if you think that the NFL is scripted. Is it rigged? Yeah. It's like scripted. the WWE. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, the Royal Rumble just happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you like, I followed I just learned that. what a Royal Rumble was the other day. No, you didn't. I did. I, I remember, I know what it, I, the word was something that was familiar to me. But the format was not? No. Where they start with one guy and yeah. then every 90 seconds. A new dude comes in. A new dude in. comes in until, until 30. Last man standing. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And there's well, all kind of like of, last man standing, but like it's like filtered in. So it's like kind of, I don't know, the guy is like. The are there, thing. and there, there are like uh, plot, plot lines that run through, oh, yeah. the, through the rumble itself. Big time. So it's pure, pure exciting entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but pretty exciting. Can finish. I ask you a question? Did you watch that live? I did. I watched some of it live. Pay per view? Did you buy no, no, no. it? No, it was pay-per-view. on. It was on Peacock. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble on Peacock, and uh, I, <laughs> a friend of ours, uh, was in it. A member of uh, Crystal Lake had a had a Royal Rumble party, and so we went. They did. Yeah, it was awesome. And so we enjoyed. The kids enjoyed. Do you know if you gave me? But a then cho- it's, it went a little too late. And it if was you a gave Saturday me a night, choice so. of all our campuses, and you asked me the question, Jeff, in which one of these campuses will a Royal Rumble party happen? Crystal Lake would have been my answer. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. Why? Aurora would have been a close second, though. You think so? Nah. With all the corn they've got down there. Well, <laughs> I have I have misjudged Aurora. <laughs> yes. Badly. Yes. It's okay. In the past, uh, and I've come to realize that that. Crystal Lake biggest. has far more of the country spirit Rural. Yes. Mm-hmm. than uh, Aurora does. Yeah, no, we are the cornfield people. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, Cor- you are. Aurora is the second largest city I know. in Illinois. No, yeah. That's why I oh, kind of okay. think it's funny that I make fun I of the I think it's hilarious, too. I think it's funny. So, uh, yeah, is the NFL like the WWE? Is it scripted? And your answer is? Listen, there are sometimes, sometimes with the way that the refs... The, the way that the refs are throwing flags feels like it, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like it? So that's my answer. It feels like it. Yeah. I don't think it is. But, but then I you think also look at the like Super Bowl it. colors. Is it true this year? Yeah, but they didn't work out. 
Oh, they didn't work out. That's tough. There goes all my evidence, and I'm tapped out. (laughs) That's as as much much thought as I put into that. The basic rule, I think, with uh, the the basic rule with... By the way, can I just say something? Yeah. Uh, I have said repeatedly that whenever (laughs) I'm doing something important that can't be interrupted, my son Micah will call. Micah calls? And I just want everyone to know that my son Micah is... Well, he's calling twice now. Oh, okay. Well, you should just answer. Well, it, put let's it on see speaker. if he calls one more time. Okay. If he calls a third time, then we are going to put him. I'm yeah, going to put him on speakerphone. Tell, tell him he's on the podcast. Do you have a? It's okay. <laughs> Wesley's trying to figure out. I'm trying to, plug to figure your phone it out. In. I just think <laughs> it's hysterical. We get, get Micah a call in. My whole life, I've shared this with people before. My whole life, mm-hmm. I go to the bathroom. I'm just in my head going, "This is not going to finish before Micah comes running up the stairs." <laughs> and sure enough, I've been in sermons. Uh, like repeatedly here at Harvest. Have you ever I'll be answered in him? I'm like, Micah, do you not realize it's Sunday morning? Yeah. Is this what is going on in your head? I exactly preach right now. And he's every like, week. oh, yeah. Because he plays baseball, right? And so mm. usually he often goes to church Saturday nights or Sunday nights. Right. So he'll be like, oh, that's right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's right. You know that I'm doing this. Have you ever answered a call while you're I on want stage to. preaching? I was going to do it right here. Yeah, it was good. A minute ago. Next He's time. so impatient. He'll keep t- he'll keep calling over and over and over again. I'm all about that, by the way. Kids are funny. They I'm do, a little they, afraid when mine get. A they phone. do that. No, they're so persistent. Some of them, mm. some of them are are you know happy to go along, but the other ones, man, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's he's good at it. He actually has gotten to the point where with me, he'll he knows not to ask me stuff. Yeah. Right, he's old. He's twenty years old now. So he doesn't. He just he just goes does an end run mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going straight to mom because wow. I know mom will do it. Yeah, whatever it is, mom. <laughs> uh, I don't have enough to eat. Do you think I could get a brand new crock pot? Like seriously, this is what he said the other day. He contacted us, her, and said, "I want a crock pot and a rice cooker." Oh, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Get your own crock pot, man. Yeah, go buy one. Just kidding. He wanted Micah. to buy one, but then he wanted to, he wants us to buy it for him. And yeah, she's like, oh, it's food. And so, okay, you can have it. It's a good strategy. Meanwhile, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well done, Micah. I find out later, well my other son's <laughs> like, hey, would you pay for, can I go up and rent a car in this place and you guys pay for it? And my wife's like, sure. <laughs> and I get this massive bill and I'm like, what is this? Ethan, why am I paying for your rental car? And he's like, oh, well, mom said I could. And I'm like, God, Jeannie. <laughs> so you i'm just giving you this advice hey. you need to solve you need oh, to yeah, solve you that problem can't right hate the now. player you got to hate the game that's it right well you need to solve the problem because they know they yeah. learn they learn who who they can go to okay to get i'll this solve stuff. it i don't know how to solve that problem but i'll 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 do my best so do you think you don't think the nfl is rigged i just think to be clear i think the nfl you don't think that they looked at the chiefs this okay, year it's and said, a TV look show. at the look at it's look at how popular show. Taylor Swift is. Look at look at how popular she is. Yeah. They've got to be in the Super Bowl again. All right, let's talk is a little T. Swifty bit. doing the let's Super Bowl a show? About, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey, okay? Yeah, let's talk about All right, here we go. Is it Travis or Jason? It's Travis, right? This, Jason Kelsey retired. I couldn't care less which one it is. Listen, <laughs> it is. Th- th- this is a psyop. It's the best thing that's ever happened this, in the NFL. This is, no, this is it's a, a psyop. Gov- this yes. is a government go. plan. We're back. To place these people... <laughs> Okay, so Pfizer hired them to to publicize their stuff. And now the NFL is all like, yeah, "Yeah, they're in the final. And Taylor comes down to the field and gives them little kissy kissies. Dude, I'm telling you right now, 
This is all it's just a, a setup. Hey, look over here. Yeah, look not, over here at this beautiful. Oh, look, the NFL, NFL the love story that's happening on. Right. Also, it's we, in the Super Bowl. Squeak. Pay squeak. no mind. Pay no mind to all the bombs we just dropped on everyone. Pay no mind to the fog. Have you heard? <laughs> I had someone tell me the other day that the, you know, in the recent like couple yeah. of days, because it was, you know, uh, the earth, uh, we were warming from our coolness. And there was so much snow. And that's know. why we had all fog. And that's why the fog happens. Obviously, well, right? that's science. what they said. That's what science says. Uh, but then but the there are, but there are some people who are like, no, 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 you don't no, understand. It's the planes with the chemtrails yeah, dropping <laughs> it onto the ground so that they can they don't move wanna... military equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Right? <laughs> it is. They're flying planes over. They're doing something in the skies. And uh, dude, living my in Crystal wife, Lake is not good for you. No, no, no. It wasn't from Crystal Lake. It was from somewhere else. My wife goes. Um, she like heard that, and she goes, "Well, what about all the people who are flying up above the fog right now?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "No, no, no. You don't understand. You can't ask logical questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're all in on it. You cannot <laughs> logic your way in or your no. way out of a situation you didn't logic your way into. No. So like, no, no, um, no, no." no. That's uh, <laughs> that's right. I it's agree. all one big psyop. Okay, can I give you another MK Ultra? Can I give you another? Here's my conspiracy theory. I think the I think the Amazon uh, drivers are up to something. Oh, because they all leave all we we are the Rolling Meadows campus is right next to an Amazon facility, like one of the big yeah, yeah, Amazon yeah. facilities. So is Elgin. They all leave at the same time. Yeah, Elgin is too. Did you know that? Yeah, but I'm trying to figure that out. How can they leave all at the same time? They're always delivering stuff at different times. I, they're all like, they go out in this big gang. I don't know, some sneak. And some, they're new, some sneak, fancy trucks. Sneak, yeah, sneaky Seen those things? They're like right behind each other all the time. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Only making right turns? I don't know. Does everybody trust Jeff Bezos? I don't think we should. So I don't. Yeah. What do you think's going on? What's well, the I think the plot? fog hid hit a lot of what was going on. <laughs> the fog hit. The fog hit it. <laughs> Amazon movement. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if you know Conspiracy this. Conspiracy theories are actually really fun, so and I know fun. we keep getting back on them, but they early they are very they are very funny. I I feel like we have I feel like we have been really self controlled lately, and we haven't gone down the conspiracy theory route in a couple of episodes. <laughs> And so it actually feels pretty good. It feels good. We were self-controlled. We didn't talk about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, then the... the then, then the fog then the, came. Then Kansas City makes it to the... Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And you're like, how? Again, with, oh, Taylor with Taylor and, and Travis and... And, and, the, and Jason Kelsey Amazon, retires. And, like, what does that mean? Amazon trucks going everywhere. Look, and I, Amazon trucks are going everywhere. And the fog happened because of perfectly normal reasons. But we, we can't think that. And what's going on in Yemen? <laughs> so, do you know what's funny about this? I know that we're screwing around with it. This is actually the content of probably a thousand podcasts. I want you to know that and you could probably find you could probably yeah. find a podcast where what we just said was plagiarized from one of them. So, should we do maybe perhaps the next uh, a spinoff of our podcast instead of conversations with Jeff Bucknam? It could be conspiracy theories with Jeff. <laughs> I like it. For those of you who are interested in that, would you please just send us a send note? Send an email. Yep. Or send make us, us a note. t-shirt. And obviously, if we have a t-shirt of it, uh, we have to yeah. do it. That's uh, that's a rule that I have, and I think you have too. Speaking of conspiracy theories, I actually think that uh, my guest today is, he's in on one. Wow. You do? I do. You think Randall... Randall's in on a, a conspiracy theory. Well, I've got some questions. you guys it. are going to have a conversation, and uh, you can find out... Uh, all about that and uh, we're going to get into his story right 
Now, let's go. sitting here with Randall. Tell me your last name, Randall. Kimball. Randall Kimball. Randall Kimball. That's it. It sounds like, can I just tell you that your name sounds like a, um, like the, the mild mannered part of a superhero. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. like the, cause this was, I just mentioned that this is a conspiracy theory that you, you're in on. I, I actually think you might be a superhero. That's been my, that's been my, my feeling for a while. <laughs> Because nobody's named Randall Kimball. That's no. not that that. Uh, there's a lot of L's in that. There are, and I think that. Uh, so, what is your superpower then? Now, now that now that we've made <clears throat> it clear, and you've lost your your disguise, <laughs> what is your superpower? Well, you know, I, I can actually talk about it, Jeff, because uh, nobody will believe this, but uh, there have been conversations, private ones, uh, at home and amongst my private circle, uh, that I'm really Batman. <laughs> That's it. I don't doubt it. Yeah, no, yeah, it's you true. probably you probably it's are very bad. true. Randall, you have an actually very interesting life. I've talked to you a few times about some of the things that you used to do, and I'm actually really excited about talking to you about some of it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you, you, what you are currently in our deploy program here at Harvest. Yep. Uh, that is a partnership with the Grace Seminary mm-hmm. that where you're getting your uh, master's degree through the church, through the seminary. So you work uh, at the church some, and you work on your school some. And uh, mostly you work out of the Rolling Meadows campus. That's correct. And a lot of your time spent with Hope Center. Yes, that's right. So you kind of run it. Yep, I do. Yeah, which is awesome. It's outstanding. Um, But you have family. I do. Tell me about your family. Yeah, so I'm happily married to my wife, 18 years. What's her name? Her name is Patrice. Okay. Kimball. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we have three wonderful children. So I have two teenage boys, Ryan and Joshua. They actually serve in the Hope Center with me. Actually, they're with me pretty much everything I do here yep. for the most part. Um, they're 17, 16. So I'll actually have an 18-year-old this year. Wow. And then we have our youngest, my daughter, Paris. She is four. Also known as Catwoman. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Paris. That's her name? That's her name. I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. Now, uh, one of the things that I need to talk to you about beginning uh, is that you are a gamer. I am. Which is uh, not common to find. uh, Maybe it is common. We just don't say it out loud. Most guys are like, yeah, no, I play video games. Mm -hmm. But you you not only do you play video games, you you worked in a video game store for a while. I did. I did. So how did you get involved in working in a video video game store? And how is it that uh, you... Got involved with gaming? Did you start when you were a kid or something? Yeah, so, oh my gosh, um, games. Okay, so, Jeff, you and I are both young enough <laughs> to remember this. Do you remember, um, what was, oh my gosh, the old school system back in the, back in the, back in the day, was it, it had the game Burger Time. Yeah. It, yeah, so that, that's when it started. We, like, I was three years old, and we had, I forgot the name of the system now, but we, we had Burger Time in there. So that that's kind of where it started, and then and when I got older, like what eight, nine, ten, Sega Master System, Nintendo, yeah, all those. So I was playing those, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's kind of always. So when you were playing, when you were in high school and and things, you you were playing lots and lots of games. Mm -hmm. You are a national champion, world champion. I don't know. I thought you were some big champion in one of these games. Am I wrong about that? Oh, maybe somebody else did. It's probably someone else. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I'm 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 pretty good at some things. Okay. What's the best game you ever played? Oh man, okay. So I was big on fighting games. Okay. So for me, it was Christian uh, fighting, of course. Of course, yeah. yes. Yep, has to be that. <laughs> but I played what was it um Street Fighter? I think everybody knew that. Yeah. Hey. Um, yep. Hadouken. Right. Mm-hmm. Dragon punching everybody, and it used to be fun because when we were younger, we would go to the corner store because they'd always have it in there. Yeah. You you buy your candy and you right. spend more you money, just, put the right. quarters in the machine. Yeah. So yeah, we would do that like after school every day, and and I would win. Nice, for the most part. Who was your guy on that? Oh man, did you um, ever play with? I always played with Ryu. Yes. I think is his name. Yeah. Yes. So for me, it was like Ryu, Ken, and then Blanca, the <laughs> green dude that yeah. just spins a ball and starts electrocuting people. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was where it was. Street at. Fighter. Yes, that was really good. Yeah. Uh, more modern game. So, like, if you had to recommend a game to uh, people. So there's some parents who are listening. Maybe there's like four mm-hmm. people listening to this podcast. Don't worry about it. But there's like one of the four of them probably is a parent and their kid is right into video games. Yeah. And they don't want their kid to be like, have their mind drugged through the gutter. Is there yeah. a game that you would be like, no, nah, that's a really good one that they'd really like and uh, would yeah. be um, relatively uplifting? I, you know what? I like games that make you think a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, as you know, I, I do like uh, role playing games, but I also like puzzle games and things like that. So there's a, Game I play on my phone. My wife actually plays it too. Actually, all of my whole household plays it. And it's it's called something's like blocks or something. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Tetris, but not. Mm-hmm. And you get these these different shapes, and, and the whole goal is to you know, well, just like Tetris, to like yeah. clear the lines. And we are all in my house. We're all trying to beat each other's score. So it's really cool That's because fun. there's no violence, and, and it's it's it's. You wouldn't be you'd yeah. be amazed at how addictive this game actually is. Yeah, we're all like, nope, I'll beat your score. And my my oldest son came to me yesterday. He's like, oh dad, hey, you remember how you got like twelve thousand? Because you know I was on top of the world. I got twelve thousand. He was at five. This kid just does not stop until he beats me. So now he comes back. He goes, yeah, I, I, I'm at fifteen thousand now. Holy smokes! Yeah, he did. Right. I was like, oh, well, you yeah. got your work cut out for you then. I do. You don't yeah. want your kid beating you at anything. No, I'm coming for him. He doesn't know it yet. Yeah. But it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's happening. Where, where are you from? So, I was born in New York City, New York. Never lived there, though. Which borough? No idea, man. Okay, just in <laughs> no, New York. Just in there. But um, I, I actually started on the um, Army base in Lawton, Oklahoma. My dad was an Army chaplain. And then he and my mom went their separate ways, and mom and I moved to Chicago. So I grew up in Evanston, Illinois. Yeah. So it's another uh, northern suburb. Yeah. Yep. But born in born in New York, then Lawton, and how old were you when you moved? Six. Six, six years, years old. Do you remember mm-hmm. living in Oklahoma? I do. Like, actually very vividly. What do you remember about it? Uh, so we're on the Fort Sill was the army base that we lived on. I remember we lived in a little house, and... Uh, <clears throat> I can still remember the design of the house, my room, parents' room, hallway, bathroom, kitchen over here. And in the backyard, there was a, a little sand, like, playground. Yeah. Swings and all that. And, you know, all of the the other, I guess, uh, 
naval or army, army people. Kids. Yeah, kids. The houses were all right next to each other. Right. So there's one strip here and all yeah. the houses next to each other across the street. So pretty tight-knit community there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd hear the cannons and all that stuff going off in the background because, like, maybe two, three hundred feet down, there they are and marching. And So uh, did you grow up with a relationship with your dad? Um, Somewhat. Okay. Somewhat. Distant, though. Distant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he stay in the military? He did. So he, he retired after 20-something years. Mm. And then uh, he he just moved on and did ministry the rest of the year. So he's retired from that. Now, he was a Methodist pastor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you moved to Chicago, to yep. Evanston. Yep. Uh, brothers and sisters? No, brothers and sisters? Just me. Just you. Yep. You and your mom. Me and my mom. What did she do? Did she for work? So she did a lot of administrative work. Um, she's worked for lawyers, um, so a lot of administrative assistant roles primarily. Yep. And, yeah, she did her thing, man, and uh, did what she had to do to take care of me. And yeah. one thing I really love about my mom, dude, she... She wanted me to know the Lord, and she wanted me to be pretty well-versed, cultured, well-read. She wanted me to experience things. So we did museums all the time, or we would go to the zoo, or we would go to library. I mean, mm-hmm. she wanted me to experience a lot of different things growing up, and it amazed me because she didn't make a lot of money, but somehow she made it work. Mm-hmm. And some of the memories, man, to this day that we have, it's just it, it amazes me that she invested her life yeah. for me. She's still alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, lives in great. Tennessee right now, oh, Nashville. Wow. Yep. Just talked to her yesterday. Everybody lives in Nashville Everybody. now. Everybody. Yeah. How? When did she move to Nashville? Oh, recently or no, was it a long time ago? Some years ago. Uh, some. Before everybody else, they're all gone. They're all gone because she's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's clearly the reason. Yeah. <laughs> and politics, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, what did you grow up doing? What were the kind of things that you were interested in? So I was always really into martial arts, track and field. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Martial arts. Yeah. Okay. Talk me through some of the martial arts. Like, what what martial arts are we talking about? So, we're talking Taekwondo, North Shaolin, Kung Fu, a little ninjutsu. Okay. Can you tell me the differences between those at all? Yeah. Like, for in, in simpleton terms, sure. because I'm an idiot when it comes to this. So, North Shaolin, well, Kung Fu has, like, 50 million forms. So, okay. <laughs> it's just, there's there's different variations and different focuses. And a lot of times, if you know, they're, they're like... Something like crane or tiger, right? So yeah, dude, kung fu panda. Forms. I know it. There you go. Yeah. If you know kung fu panda, you're good. You okay, yeah. Kung fu. Uh, ninjutsu is a little bit different because it's well, this is more the uh, you're 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 in the assassin role. So oh. you there's there's grappling. There jujitsu is more of the grappling, but ninjutsu is more in the shadows. I'm going to get you, and you're not paying attention. Okay, like stay back there. Taekwondo is kind of more straightforward. A very kick heavy martial art. You you do punch. But it's a lot of it's all about the legwork. Okay, and how did you get involved in this? Was there like a dojo or something down the street? Is that what I call it? Yeah, well, or is that just a karate thing? No, there. They, well, they well no, there wasn't a dojo down the street. But you know what? Honestly, I was a big Ninja Turtle fan. <laughs> yeah. That's where it came from. I wanted to learn ninjutsu because Ninja Turtles and Raphael was my favorite turtle. All right. Yeah, because he didn't fear anybody. He was like, I'm fighting everyone. Everybody's bottoms getting kicked, and I'm going to do it. And I'm not waiting for you guys to do it. So did you have uh, ever have classes in it or anything? Yeah. Yeah, I actually took classes. Okay. And uh, I had a friend. His dad was a a black belt in ninjutsu. Wow. And he was like, I'm going to train you guys. The interesting thing is we were super young. We're like 
eight, nine years old. And he's like, yeah, so basically, Randall, when you come over, I'm going to hire two big guys and have them stand in the backyard. I'm going to send you guys back out there. I'm going to tell you they're out there. And I'm going to hire them to just beat you guys up. And you're going to have to figure out how to survive. Well, there you go. Yep. <laughs> we never did that. Cause, <laughs> but he told us he was going to do that. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's amazing. That. Yeah. What a dad. Yeah, that I wonder was if I could do that. Dad. I can hire. I wonder, I hope I can. Maybe I should hire some people. Beat my kids up. That'd be better. It's such a straight. That's that's for sure. Um, so I like I don't black belt is the high highest. Yeah, but then there's the levels of black belt as well. Yeah, second degree, third degree, fourth degree. Okay. After a while, I'm just like, there's just a lot of them. It's a lot of them. Okay, but are you good at it? Did you were you ever good at it? I was very actually. I had a natural aptitude for it. Okay. But after a while, I stopped taking lessons. And yeah. It's it just like. Yeah. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, you're. Yeah. It just wasn't a priority anymore. You ever thought of start, about starting a YouTube channel? I Ju- actually Jiu-jitsu have. for you? No. <laughs> it wouldn't be martial arts. Dude, but I, is... I thought about a YouTube channel. Did you? Uh, yeah. I to did. do what? I'm still not sure yet. You okay. know, because part of me is like, oh, you know, I could I could preach on there. But I was like, you know, I, I'd want to do something not saying preaching isn't fun. I love that. But something fun with my kids that yeah. we, we enjoy um, because. Yeah. It could um, be one of those families that's on there. Yeah. Because you, you, you know how like when you're when you're in church, you know, everybody sees you. They, yeah. Especially if they know you as a minister or whatever. They don't, they don't see the goofy. You no, they don't see the part of the they, scenes. You know, they, they don't see all that. Yeah. And people look at my kids and like, oh, they're so timid and quiet. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. they're only, just because <laughs> they've met you. That's yeah, why. That's, but. You, you don't know. They're actually boisterous and very comical especially my youngest son yeah he's the funniest person yeah i admit and so i was like it'd be cool if we did if we had a channel and we did some stuff because it would just be to really just give people something to aren't about. you worried though that people will find out you're in the cia because that's my other theory about you oh yeah well batman and cia i'm good at hiding those all things right. because God. people would never believe it that's all why, right that's why i, I, I right. can hide this so well uh for those of you out here out there listening if i'm if i'm dead soon you know, <laughs> I won't you know me. why? Because I just, I just outed Randall. Um, I work for Jeff. So, uh, what did you did you go to school or something in Evanston? What was the name of your school? Yeah. Did you go to college there or the? So I did go to high school. There, uh, actually, what's the high school? Middle school and high school. High school was Evanston Township High School. Oh yeah. Yep, and I went to well. In third grade, it was Dewey School, and then I went to Haven Middle School. After that, on to Evanston Township High okay. School. Were you always, like, it was your mom, uh, I mean, your dad was a chaplain. Did you guys you kind of grow up in the church? Oh, yeah, I grew up in the church. Okay. So, actually, I'm adopted. Oh, yeah. And so, um, they adopted me when I was three, and he had finished seminary. He went to Northwestern, so Garrett oh, Theological yeah. Seminary, graduated yeah. from there. And, um, yeah, I was a church kid. So, I grew mm. up in the church. Every every weekend, every Sunday, church. So that was life, man. And then even when my parents said split, my mom kept me in church. So that was always what kind of church? Uh, started on a Methodist church. Yeah. So that was that was really cool. Um, a lot of love in the the community I grew up in. That's yeah. one thing that was really great. I was, it was a strong community of love. Everybody t- took care of each other. And it was a nice small faith community. Yeah. Small church. Yeah. That's good. Uh. So where'd you go to, did you go, I don't have no idea, did you go to college? I did. Where'd you go to school? So I went to Southern Illinois University. Down in the Carbondale. Salukis. Yes, that's be the one, the party school. Um, <laughs> Is it? I don't, 
You know what? I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. But when I went, it it was known. For uh, that. So I don't know if school. it's still the case now. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely known for that then. And I actually went there to because I didn't know originally, but they had an aviation flight program. Because originally, I wanted to be a commercial airline pilot. Did you? All my life, that's what I wanted to do. Wow. So I got there, and well, <clears throat> thing that changed that. I and you're, you're probably I don't know if you'll laugh at this, Jeff. Maybe you will. I I ended up on academic probation my first year. Hey, and, me too. The real okay. So you understand? No, I do. So, but the reason why now you would think at a party school is because I'm clubbing and drinking. Yeah, yeah. And That's usually why people would. It's there. Be, yeah. And this is I, I kid you not, I'm being serious. It is because I spent all my time in church functions. I, really, I, I was not interested too much in doing my schoolwork. I was really, really heavily involved in ministry. We would be in. Church, church church services are like five hours. We had discipleship during the week. I was ministering on campus, and wow. it was a really great experience. And then I realized, oh, wait, there's got to be balance here. Um, yeah, I can't be failing out of school. My, my, I don't want to disappoint the people at home because I made it to college. Yeah. So I had a really cool professor. He was uh, my Black American Studies professor, uh, Dr. Joseph, and I forget his name. But he fought for me, and they, they let me come back in, and I – Nailed it. I got my <clears throat> GPA back up from like 1.2 to like 3.1. Hey, I had a 1.7 at the end of my See, first man. term of my freshman Okay. <laughs> so you feel me, I'm, man. I'm you where I was well. coming from. Like, yeah, I chose to play football instead of go to calculus class. Like I flag mean, football. It was a, I mean. You you know. But okay. We can be we can be real about this. Yeah. First of all, I, I was shocked to find out that college was just like going to high school again. Yeah. I literally thought that, okay, ooh, it's college. And but without anybody, like, pushing you to do the work. That's it. I yeah, was like, wait a minute. Total freedom to not show up. Exactly. Yeah. But you're paying for it. Yeah. And we're going in debt for it. Yeah. But we but, didn't care. We are like yeah, eight, you're, 17. You're like, oh, so I don't have to show up to the class? Yeah, not at all. And the crazy part is I showed up to the classes, fell asleep some of the times, and because some of the teachers were just boring. Yeah. I, I went and got my bachelor's degree in social work. And okay. I, I was actually laughing about this with my wife and kids the other day. It's because I had one class, and it was an interviewing class. The whole class, she was teaching us how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. It was a class. The whole, you had an entire class on interviewing. And that's all you. And I'm trying to think of the dumbest class I ever had. Please share. And it might <laughs> be. I didn't have one on interviewing. I did I did have one on, uh, so, so I was a communications major. Okay. And some of the communications classes are just dumb. That's why if you ever watch uh, like like college football, it's always th- this guy. He, what's his major? He's a communications major. It really is the one where I, I want to do the least amount of work and I want to get the degree. Yeah. Uh, like I would... I remember, I remember learning some things, but I remember I, I was I remember being in a speech class and being this is so this is so basic, like it's not yeah. I mean, and it's crazy because I I think you know this. I worked for Devry before coming mm-hmm. here, so I was an admissions representative because I always had an interest in working for a college at some point. And you know when I'm looking and talking with the students about the classes and all this, and they're I'm looking at them like, man, all these general education courses, like for what? When I went to college, I was like, can I just get to the classes? Yeah, the stuff that's major, interesting. Please? Why why am I taking classes? in Europe? They do that. They just go straight yeah, it's to it. a lot more uh, streamlined. See, why? Like we have a ton of, uh, we have a ton of what are like a general university requirements here. Exactly. And I've I've never quite understood them. Like 
it kind of feels like after a while, it's, That's about, what it's, it's about money. It's I, about like, hey, we're going to give you. I, I, listen, I understand liberal arts education is supposed to make you pretty well rounded, but I, like for the life of me, I don't understand why I need to know algebra. But, uh, you know, unless you're going to go into the STEM stuff, you know, science, tech, math. Like, mean, are you I, using algebra now? No. Right now I am. Right, right now. now I'm trying to figure out what vectors are working in this room. <laughs> Wait, that's not al algebra. That's physics. So we're just using the term. We're just using the name algebra. That's no. it. Yeah. And then they never make you, uh, they, they don't make you take uh, tests verbally. It's always writing. Which I, and I get it because, you know, it's easier to control and the teacher can go away or whatever. But, I, I you know, most people don't don't write no. like long uh, papers and anything after they leave school at all. No. But they're constantly involved in, in dialogue and engagement and trying to argue things. Mm -hmm. I just wish that, yeah, it would train you a little bit more in that. I feel that's important too. I, yeah. I, I, I just wish that would have been the case because I feel like you can, for the most part, people can express competency yeah. a lot better through conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I do. Describe it to you. Because like, some people may not be good at writing. No, but they can they can talk talk you through what they're thinking. And yeah. oftentimes they're really clear and easy to follow that way. But then they sit down and write and they're just not great uh you know, they're just not great with the, the written word so much. Mm -mm. I think it actually freaks people out to sit and have to write. Mm -hmm. Freaks me out. Yeah. Sherry's over there. Sherry's been involved in, in uh, like, writing for a long time, right? Yeah. Do you freak out about it? Yeah. She sits down and, yeah, I just honestly, I, I, I have this issue that I feel like I have to do it right the first time. The best writers are the ones who just, like, bleh, onto the page, and then they clean it up later. I always feel like, no, nah, I don't want to clean it up later. This is bad enough. I got to come here first time. I'm making it right the first time. Yeah. So then it takes me forever to write stuff because I'm, you know, and then I read, read the sentence. I'm like, that sounds dumb and have to do it over and over and over again. You can imagine what it was like to do a doctoral dissertation for me. <laughs> I was just getting ready forever. to say, like, <clears throat> I was going to ask you, well, now that you bring that up, like how, how many pages was your? 230, 200 and something like that. I got today. Are you serious? Yeah, it's ridiculous. 230. Would it take you a year? You're supposed to take a year. Six, for that. Every six years to, to, well, not all the time, right? Was, I was working on it, but for six years we worked on it. it. It just took forever. There was a period right in the middle of it that yeah. I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I could finish this. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, but then I felt sick to my stomach at the thought that I had just committed all this time to something. Because I, I tend to be that, that guy. Yeah. Like, uh, if I haven't mastered the thing, uh, I'll be the dude who stays after to master it. It just ticks me off. Or like speaking about video games and stuff right. like that. If my friends beat me in a video game, uh, you can guarantee that I was spending the next, <laughs> I don't know, two, three days learning how to play that game. Oh, yeah. So it didn't happen again. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know why. I just have this unique focus when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. So when it got to the point where I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to just what do all this work in my doctoral dissertation, my doctoral studies. And then when it comes down to the crunch point of actually finishing the paper, I'm what, I'm not going to do it. So I, I got on a plane with a friend and went to Los Angeles where I was doing my doctorate. And I went there for a week and uh, broke the back of it. And it was like, that was the thing that did it. Well, I shouldn't say it was like a week and a half. And we went down there and I just, we were in the library for 10 15 hours a day. It was ridiculous.
10 to 15 hours. Yeah, man, we just, are you serious? just hammering, like just going for it. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, yeah. So but now I'm a, now I'm a doctor that, and nobody, and in the church, you de- the problem with being a doctor in, in a church is that if you ever demand anyone to, to call you doctor, you sound really pretentious. You do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I would never, I would never do it. Cause I think it's kind of funny it right? is. that I, people call me, people call that. me doctor, but I just think it's really funny that, that that's the case. So it's, I don't and I don't work in the academy, so it's doctor is not really used very much for yeah. me. So. No, I respect that. I think that was um, <clears throat> when I when I came to Harvest and and I, I heard about you and I saw you, and I listened to you speak the first couple of times. I thought it was pretty neat how you introduced yourself and you didn't throw the doctor in there. No. Yeah, I mean, out of respect, I was like, Doctor Jeff Bucknum, you know, yeah, da da da, you know, because because we didn't really know each other yet. No. But it was just like, no, nah, it's fine. I used to make jokes when I used to live in Canada. Yeah, because especially the thing about places like uh, New Zealand and Canada, where I used to live. Uh, New Zealand, they have a thing called the tall poppy syndrome, which I've mentioned to some people before. It's the idea that if anyone lifts their head up above the rest of the crowd, you're, it's the job of the crowd to lop it off, to just chop their head off. And so if there was, if, so if you are somebody who has like advanced degrees, like, like I did, I, I put my advanced degrees in the corner, like the, the plaques in the very corner of my bedroom. Nobody could see them. Mm. They were behind, like they were behind some book shelves and they were in the corner of my bedroom and i remember one of the guys from the church coming in to my house and i was just showing him a house and he wandered all the way into the corner of my bedroom right like you would never see them any other place and then he leaned over and he saw saw them and he walked out to the door and he said oh i see your i see your your uh displaying the works of honor that you've you know you're like what he goes oh <laughs> doctor <laughs> are you kidding me although i wasn't a doctor at that point yeah, i just yeah. imagined my master's degree and stuff and they were they i just thought it was so funny because that's so kiwi that's the way that they are like yeah. don't you dare so nobody ever called me nobody called me pastor in new zealand nobody called me doctor or, so, or whatever it was uh it was always uh bucky yeah absolutely bucky completely yeah, nah, bucky so you, when i came to canada it, it was a little bit more formal yeah he called me pastor jeff which always sound, sounded weird um, and then here it's even more formal, uh, cause the people will call me Dr. Dr. Bucknam, Dr. Jeff, Dr. This and that. And I always giggle at it cause I'm like, Oh my goodness, I want to, I want to video you guys and send it back to my friends in New Zealand. Finally, I'm getting some respect. <laughs> what do you like? How do you prefer people to, to call you? Jeff. Just Jeff. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind Bucky either. If you want to call me Bucky, I don't care. Well, didn't I come up with a nickname for you? Cause yeah, I, what's your, my nickname? I thought I, you don't even remember Jay Boogie. Jay Boogie. I love it. Jay Boogie. So call, you can call me that. I really don't care what somebody calls me at all. It doesn't bother me. I've been called really bad things, and I've been called other stuff. It's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Uh, what's your nickname? I've had a few. Okay. I've had a few. So when I was younger, <clears throat> um, me and my brothers, we used to do like hip-hop and rap and freestyling and all that kind nice. of stuff. We battle rap each other with the other guys. Like in, you know, Everson Township was a big mixing pot of all the cultures, right? I love that. So we had the Jamaicans over here. We had the Hispanic guys over here. We had our Caucasian brothers over here. And we come into one of the student centers and we just don't, don't, do And yeah. so, you know, everybody has a nickname when yeah. you're rapping. Yeah. So I had a few of them. Uh, mine was, well, because my initials are RK, so it would be RK, but I, I made a, a unique spelling. For yeah. Because, you know, you had to do that. Yeah, of course. 
And then uh, the other one was Vibe Strata. So, Vibe Strata. Yeah, we came up with some crazy stuff. Are you there. good at freestyle rap? I'm not going to ask you to do Thank it because it's very <laughs> difficult. I'm not going to ask you to do it. it. No, like we were, we were really good at it. I'm not as good as I used to. I be. have watched freestyle rap before. Yeah. I find it to be one of the most amazing art forms I've ever seen it in is. my life. It really is. I have no idea how it is that these guys are able to, men and women, are mm-hmm. able to come up with the rhymes so well. Mm-hmm. And the rap battle stuff, you can go on YouTube and stuff. I've seen, I've seen, I've also seen some of that live before. I have, mm-hmm. I, I've, like, it's amazing how good they are. And, you know, part of the rap battle things that I've seen in the past is part of it is I'm, you know, early rap was sort of the least the stuff I listened to is like, I'm going to make myself sound amazing and make you sound horrible. Right. And so the rap battles that I had first listened to were like that. They were just, trashing the other person oh yeah uh and elevating themselves and it was i mean still it was amazing how they could how creative they would be and how they draw cultural references from that particular time or uh, uh, anyway well that's where that's where sorry excuse me that's where it pulls from so a lot of times when we would be doing that like if we if we weren't doing battle rap we do what we call a cypher and that's just you go around the circle, somebody's doing the beat, yeah. and you go around the circle, and everybody just kind of jumps in one at a time, and you you just, and we may even pick a topic, yeah. and then you just go at it, and then <sighs> someone else comes in, and, and you, you really kind of pull from, like, real life, what's going on, yeah. this, that, and the other, and then if we're doing battle rapping, we did it in love, though, like, we, of course. you, like, gave the high five to the guy that could out-roast you. Like, of we course, like, oh. that's part of the game. And, and then it's, you come back next week, and it's like, I got you next that's week, right. that was good. Yeah. You know, so it was a lot of love behind that, but it was, it, it is, as you said, it's an art form, it was something that um, we, in, in our little community that's unique to us, and it was something, it was, it's cool. It's a lot of things, and there's yeah. a lot of. It's funny. You should try it. You should I try can't it. do it. Are you sure you me? can? No, Jeff. I'm no, the other guy. Listen, the uh, I, the yeah. Listen, man. I consider myself a little bit creative, but the, the the ability to do it on the spot is so amazing. Like, and the, the ability that these guys have to come through with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's you listen to it, and you're like, "How in the world did you come up with that?" Mm-hmm. And I know that there are probably some like go-to phrases in their heads that they're thinking about oh, yeah. in other times, but still, the ability to actually address things in the room. I watched a guy actually. It wasn't a rap battle, but I was actually watching a guy uh, uh, rap uh, while people were walking down the street. I don't know if it was in Chicago or some some mm. big city. They were walking down the street. He was rapping about each person who was walking down the street, and I was like. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. He had a, you know, he had one guy doing the beat and he, and he would, he would just rap about the lady in the white shirt with the, you know, and like oh, yeah. he'd ra- rhyme it all. And yeah. I, <laughs> you see, but you, you see how you just did that. I did. You just did it. The lady in the white shirt. I'm so serious. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's as easy as that. You could literally look over at Wes or Sherry and you could, you could literally just decide I'm going to rap about Sherry, like what you know about her, what yeah. she does. Right. Yeah. Um, and Boom, boom, boom. And here's the key: like usually, if you're a beginner, you don't you don't do a real fast one. You, you give them a slow. Boom. Oh yeah, because now you have more time to think about yeah, what yeah. you're going to say. And then when you're listening to everybody else kind of going around, thoughts are hitting your mind. That's right. Where you're going to come in next, and we usually keep what we call them bars. So yeah. that's 
your verse time mm-hmm. and what you're going to say, that bar, you keep your bar short, it's easier and you just yeah. kind of pass the mic, you know? Well, I imagine it's one of those, it's a skill that can be learned, but it can. the the guys who are really great at it are, I mean, they, they they've are, had a lot of practice. Oh, they're straight artists. They're okay. phenomenal. Um, and I know there's lots of swear words and stuff in, and I know that for some, for but, some. It, it, but not all, no, not all. Yeah, but I'm also a big fan of spoken word. I think spoken word mm. is really, which is also kind of a spoken word seems to be kind of a cousin to all of that, uh, in the sense that it's it's poetic, but it's it, it has a little bit of a rap feel to it in time. So, um, so wait, how did when did you meet your spouse, wife? Like oh when? yeah, so I had just moved to I had moved back to Kankakee. <clears throat> And I was getting my life back together. I was living in normal Illinois for a time. And I moved back to Kankakee. And so I was staying with some friends while I was, because I had gotten a job there, but I didn't have an apartment or anything yet. So I was getting myself together. I was staying with these friends. And so at one particular point in time, uh, they were like, hey, we're getting ready to go to the mall to Bath and Body Works. I've never heard of a Bath and Body Works. I didn't know what that was. Like, do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's better than sitting here just looking at the walls, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. And I like malls. Who doesn't like malls? So we go to the mall. We go to Bath and Body Works. And <clears throat> we walk in, and, like, right at the counter, I see her. And I'm floored immediately. I've I've seen a lot of beautiful women. There's beautiful women everywhere. But there was something very different about her. And, you know, some people, they may feel like, oh, he, oh, come on, man, you're being too spiritual here. You're dreaming too deep. But no. I literally felt like when I saw her, like God was illuminating her. Something was different. Like mm-hmm. I said, I've seen a beautiful woman all over the Yeah, place, like the sun from heaven. It's like, bing, the yeah. clouds parted. Right, all of that stuff. Moses was like, yes, that's it. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> right. but, but, she, but it was something different about her, and I could kind of read that she was a different kind of woman, different kind mm-hmm. of vibe. And so uh, we met. <clears throat> I didn't make a goal. Did she work there? She worked there. Nice. Yep, sorry, I forgot to. No, that's so okay. So she was an employee there. She worked there, and I was like, man, I said, okay. Say, I'm going to buy a lot of candles. Well, you know, she came, and she and it's funny because she came right up to me and was like, hi, how are you doing? Welcome to Batman. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very welcome right now. And she's like, is there anything? I said, uh, I said, well, you know, I, I like candles. Yeah. See, you said it. I like candles. And uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, just move back. I'm going to be getting an apartment soon. And so, you know, I would, I am interested in some candles, you know, to make my, my apartment smell nice. Can you show me something? She's like, oh, yeah. So da 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 da. And then my friends are ready to go. And I'm like, see ya. Yep. Can't ask for her number, but she works here. So, you know, I get back to the apartment and I resolve within myself. I'm like, I have got to give myself an excuse to go to Bath and Body Works. To go to Bath and Body Works. And. Go find this woman. I don't know when she's working again. I don't yep. know. I said, I'm just going to take a chance. So I went. Like, I think it was a Tuesday. Who knows? I go back, and sure enough. She's there. She's there. And it's just it's her and her, the coworker. And I walk in. Now, you know, Jeff, I had the pea coat. I yeah, was dressed. For, for those business. of you who don't know, Randall is one of the best-dressed men I've probably oh, ever man. met. Stop. He's very sharp. <laughs> very sharp. I think it's. I think she's the reason. No, I'm just yeah. – but – I, I went there and, and I, yeah, yeah, I was dressed casual, just trying to, I wanted her to see yeah. what kind of personality I am, what kind of guy I am without me saying anything yet. So I come in, she's like, oh, hey, and so we get to talking. So we're talking about candles, but eventually the conversation shifts to the faith. As I said, I'm interested in this woman. 
she's beautiful. I want to know more about her, but I need her to know. Right. What is priority in my life? I, I am a Christian. I'm a man of God. I, this is my life. This is my passion. And I was hoping to God it was her passion too. And as we talked, I soon discovered, yep. Yeah. Um, she was at a certain place in her life where she was kind of getting her life back together too. Yep. So we weren't necessarily in a rush to start anything, but we developed, uh, a friendship after a while. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, Jeff, the Lord, the Holy Spirit expressly told me, do not ask for her phone number. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, okay. I, I won't. And I didn't. And we had like a whole half an hour, 45 minute conversation. Then she had to get back to work. I said, okay, I'll have a nice day or whatever. Uh-huh. I come back in again. I'm looking at candles. And before I leave, she says, wait, 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 come here. She takes me up to the desk. Write your number down. She gives me her number. Now, what she tells me later, like this is after we're married and all that, when we were sharing our how we met story. Yeah, yeah. She says, um, <clears throat> I told Randall, had he asked me for my number, we would never have gotten further than that moment. <laughs> she said, because there were so many Christian guys, yeah, who quote, were, quote, that were coming at her and trying to date her, ask her for her number. And she was like, if he would have done that, that would have been the it and i said oh that really was you <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> thank you uh for that but yeah we met there and uh we we dated courted um became best friends yeah. i had never i had never had a relationship like that yeah none of my relationships were built on a friendship i was young and didn't know how to have one and, yeah. until her and then we got married nine months later wow how many years you've been married now 18 18 years It'd that's be 19 fantastic. this year 2000 oh man i gotta do the math 2005. 2005. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. That's really great. Three kids later. Three kids later. That's fan- That's really great. Um, why are you in ministry? Like, why are, do you want to... You've always kind of been in ministry, from what I've yeah. understood about you. Yeah. But it wasn't something that obviously wanted to be a pilot and then maybe something else. Was there a point at which you were like, no, nah, I actually want to do this full time? There was. Um, When I was six, I didn't know why. I didn't understand why. But I would watch the pastors that we had. These men, I I could not understand. I mean, these were these men were men of God. Yeah. And I'm six. I don't understand all that. I don't, you know, get it. But there was something that was drawing me to what they were doing. How they just they had this wisdom. They they just they knew how to love people and they knew how to comfort people. Whenever they preached or taught they did it with this conviction and it always hit my heart and you know it was young I didn't understand it but at some point I said I want to do that I I, I want to do that I want to be a pastor I want to comfort people I want to bring people to God and I didn't know much you know but it really came about when I actually because I grew up in church but I wasn't converted yet so I grew up in church I knew about it but it wasn't until I got to college at 17 when I was actually changed. Hmm. The Lord brought me to him, and the conversion story is epic. I won't go too much into that, but um, once I was born again, received the Holy Spirit, my desires changed, and I saw things through the lens of the Lord and the Word, and I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus because the life that I had lived prior to that, the change that happened to me, I knew it was impossible that this could have happened by any other means except God did this, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted everybody to know what the Lord could do. And then um, I, I was sitting under a pastor at that time, and, and I remember him ministering to me. He said, Randall, 
you're going to be a pastor one day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to shepherd God's people. You're going to be a, a man who teaches the word. And says, I see this upon you. But interestingly enough, the Lord had been dealing with me about that before this man said that to me. And he gave me a desire for it. So that's that's the best way I can explain yeah. it. You know, he gave me a desire for that. Yeah. Randall, I, we're, I mean, we're running out of time, but one of the things, I, I actually, one of the big questions I do want to ask you is a hard one. Okay. So everything else has been softball. Uh, I, I'm wondering if you could, uh, exp- like you are currently attending, well, Harvest is a multicultural church to yeah. some degree, uh, but still predominantly white. Um, if you could speak to... Uh, um, white Christian people about how, what, what it's like to be uh, an African-American person worshiping with them and help them uh, to bridge some of those gaps. What would you, what would you say? And, and, and listen to me, I, I'm pushing aside all, I know when, as soon as we start talking about stuff like this, people are like, Oh, politics. And I I don't care about the politics. My, my, my question is, so brother in Christ comes from a different cultural background. What kind of advice would you give to uh, white Christian people to make the church more welcome to multicultural folks? That's, I, I appreciate that question. Um, <clears throat> I would say get to know us. Like understand that every, and I'll speak specifically, our culture, every culture has a unique expression. You know, your worship, how you approach God, your how you even communicate your experiences to the style of music that we play or, you know, however we do it. Um, But it is to be open to the fact that God has created these distinctions between us and it's okay, you know, but like for, if if we're talking like worship, um, just understand that the songs we write and why we write them and how we write them, it comes right from the core of who we are, our experiences. Mm. And if we're going to share space together, um, open the door for that experience to be part of your experience right. too, you know? And it's really fulfilling. It I is. will say that as somebody who's, I mean, I, I came to faith in Christ and immediately was part of a multicultural church. And I'll yeah. just tell you that it was, uh, had a profound impact on me, uh, as a, uh, as a man and growing into understanding, uh, what little bit I do about different cultures. I be honest with you. I've been, God sent me to all sorts of places around the world and having to, to, uh, become like the people in those places to preach the gospel. That place you, you start learning a little bit about contextualization and these sorts of things. Um, but I never would have, I don't think I would ever have been able to do that had I not had, you know, an African American brother mentor me and have, buckets of friends who were from, you know, Asian backgrounds and African-American backgrounds and Indian backgrounds. And, yeah. and it's a, it's a truly enriching thing. Um, but I, you know, it, it, it is when you are the minority, what, regardless of what you, cause I, I was actually a minority in a, in a black church at one point. And I, if you're the minority in, in the church, all you want is welcome. To be honest with you, you just want people to hold their hands out and say, "I see you," yeah, and I, I'm excited you're here, yeah. Uh, and that's sometimes hard for Christian people because uh, not deliberately. I don't think there's anybody who deliberately is like, oh, "I don't want you here," but you can go out of your way to try to welcome brothers and sisters from different backgrounds in ways that maybe 
you haven't in the past. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think that the beauty of a multicultural church uh, like this one is that we all have the opportunity to celebrate Christ together in the different ways that he's graced us to express yep. that. And um, when you broaden those borders, you experience God in more than just one way. Yep. So I know we got it. <laughs> no, brother, I'm going to tell you, though, that as a preacher, mm. all right, I wish that most of our church was African-American. <laughs> Preaching <laughs> to African-American brothers and sisters is one of the best things I have ever done in my life. Oh, we're going to back you up. And it is because... Uh, it it's like having a cheering se- section with you, yeah. right? Do you know what I mean? Like oh, I it's like being out there, and yes. and and you're like, oh, I got a home court advantage here, right? Do, do you know right? what I mean? Like, because yeah. they're they're with me. We're with you. Yeah. yeah, I love it, and I love the expression and stuff. And I've been in. It's funny because I I most of my ministry, of course, has always been in uh, predominantly white churches, and sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, what I would give <laughs> first. For a little bit of the, that cultural difference, I I've been in Africa several times, and uh, I I preached there, and I, it is the greatest thing. Yeah, it is the greatest thing going. Right. It could be the worst sermon ever, but you walk out of the pulpit and you're like, mm, I love that. that was yeah, really great. because I mean, to be honest with you, and, and here, here's the funny part: uh, the uh, the ministry that we came from before we came here, our pastor was Caucasian, mm. but he he also grew up under uh, Bishop Brazier mm. and he, he's got the whole cultural thing down. But the funny thing is, is, you know, it was a multicultural church as well, but he embraced everything that you know, just all the, and, and encouraged. It's a, it's a culture of encouragement where somebody's ministering. No, be you as you do it. Oh, yeah. Preach, preach the doctrine, right? Right. But go ahead, you know, and, and we do we back you up. Mm. And it, it helps. It helps to break it. It is out. one of the best parts of the culture. I love it. Yeah. I love it to pieces. Brother, it's so great to have you, Thank you both for having on me. this uh, podcast, but also in the working of the church. You've been nothing but a blessing to folks here. Praise God, man. And it's if you right. folks are ever out there and you're interested in working together with the Hope Center, I know that they use lots and lots of help oh, yeah. during different Please. times. Contact. We appreciate that. Randall here at the at the Rolling Meadows campus, and he'll get you plugged into that. That's a cool ministry. I mean, you oh, guys yeah. are serving hundreds of hundred something families yeah. through it. We had 157 families last weekend. Yeah, and so people are are coming and they're being fed in Jesus' name, and it's a really cool ministry. I'm really happy that we're a part of it and yeah. having an impact. May may it grow and grow and grow. Yes, Lord. You know, the sad thing is you don't want it to grow because you want people to have enough food without yeah. it. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's, uh, it is a really great opportunity for the church to show ta- tangible care for the people around us. And it's only, you know, with, with more and more people coming who are immigrants or these sorts of things, and they don't have anything, it, it more and more gives us an opportunity to show the love of Christ to them and see if we can help, help them find a better life. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. But thanks a lot for doing all you do. Oh, it's you're a good dude. Thank God for that. Thank you, Jeff. I yeah. appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, man, of course. Uh, the rest of you, we will catch you next time.